This episode of Business Life and Coffee is sponsored by Audible.com, the world's leading provider of audiobooks for busy professionals like you and I. As you may imagine, a big part of my job as a startup CEO is traveling. From client visits across the country to vacation with family and friends, I'm always on the move. How do I stay up to date on my skills as a leader and business professional? It's simple, Audible. From professional development to marketing and sales, I can probably recommend at least three books that I've read that have helped me over the years. As a way of saying thank you for listening to my podcast, I'm offering a free book download to all of my listeners. Get your free copy today by visiting audibletrial.com BLC. Again, that's audibletrial.com BLC. With over 180,000 titles, Audible is the best place to start growing your own career or business. And just like this podcast, you can listen over coffee. Visit audibletrial.com slash BLC today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Business, Life, and Coffee. I'm here with Elliot Lassen, an HR consultant with a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology. Elliot is also a university adjunct professor, and he blogs on his website, www.joblinkofmaryland.wordpress.com. We're discussing job seeker horror stories and how job seekers can improve their chances at landing their dream job. Welcome, Elliot. Hi, Joey. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you today. I'm glad you're able to join us. Uh, let's, let's start off with the landscape of, of job search. Do you believe that it's harder than ever to find a job these days? Why or why not? Joey, I would say that it's easier than ever to find out about open jobs today because of the Internet and so many different portals of information, whether it's through social media, whether it's through niche websites that have job postings, and also people sharing information about jobs with one another. What I do believe is more difficult than ever is because so many people are applying to so many jobs, the challenge is getting noticed among many, many job applicants that are applying online or sending in their resumes. And how do you get noticed among those job uh, applicants that are out there, among the many job applicants that are out there. So it's, it's easier to find out about a job, but in order to advance in the process, that is the major challenge today. And so with that being said, what part of the job search process do job seekers have troubles with the most, or what's the, what's the hardest hurdle to crack in the job search process? I would say, to piggyback on the answer to the last question, uh, how, does one get, how does one get noticed? And I, I believe that it starts with a solid uh, resume, uh, having a resume that speaks to the job requirements, that has pretty much all of the requirements that are posted in the job uh, posting and the job ad, and having... Uh, certainly not having any typos or any spacing, significant spacing issues in the resume. The resume has to look solid uh, aesthetically and also has to be written uh, with 
perhaps a professional coach that weighed in on that. Also having a cover letter that is targeted for that position that will connect the job seeker to the, uh, to the job uh, posting through, through the resume. So the way that I see cover letters, Joey, is that it connects the dots between the job seeker and the job posting. And of course, as with any letter, that also should be written clearly to the point and not have any, uh, any errors. Uh, some of the problems that people get into is when they're recycling an old cover letter and have it addressed to the wrong organization. Uh, that is usually a red flag that the person has recycled the letter and is just blasting it out and not discriminating uh, among the <laughs> among the jobs that he or she is applying to. You know, that's an interesting point um, because we live in the age of social media and LinkedIn and, and Twitter, and there's a lot of conversation about, you know, improving your LinkedIn and really having a strong online presence. But you would argue that the cover letter and the resume are, are still important in the job search process? Uh, yes, because that is what pretty much all recruiters and sometimes the hiring managers are, are, are looking at. Uh, you mentioned another another point, and that is having one's LinkedIn profile sharp, uh, up to date, and it's a matter of really having all of the I's dotted and T's crossed. So the social media presence is important. You have to have a legitimate LinkedIn profile that looks professional. Uh, but of course, also, as mentioned before, as targeted to that particular job, you need to have a solid resume and cover letter. So it's really the entire package that people have to attend to. Okay. So basically, don't be lazy. You know, Commit to the entire the entirety of your your applicancy uh, as a job seeker and making sure that you have no gaps. Yes, I, I absolutely. And as human beings are prone to maybe miss certain things, having another set of eyes look at the cover letter, look at the resume, look at the LinkedIn profile and weigh in with some constructive feedback, I think that's that will go a long way in making sure that you're solid all around. And what other advice would you give to job seekers about standing out in the job search? Is it pretty much just being thorough with your application process? Joey, one area that will hopefully get a person's resume to stand out among the pile is if the person has some either direct connection to the organization or indirect connection to the organization and trying to leverage that connection to maybe give that resume a little bit of extra attention because as mentioned before there are so many people applying to so many jobs and if a given job has 50 or 60 resumes how do you make that resume stand out? One way is by working some back channels with any connection that you might have in the organization. Uh, employee referrals are often looked at first uh, or they're looked at with a greater amount of weight. And if you have on your job application or your online application the opportunity to put in 
a an employee who's working for that organization, then definitely definitely do that and also indicate that in the cover letter too. So networking is not just for business owners, but it's also for job seekers uh, who are looking to connect with employers by having the uh, by having a personal entryway into the organization. Yes, and the way that you can establish those networking connections are both in person by attending professional events, uh, passing your uh, business card, uh, introducing oneself, uh, but also perhaps as a follow-up to that in person to create a network within LinkedIn and leveraging the power of LinkedIn to to, to establish more first-degree connections uh, to that organization, I think will will go a long way in building one's network that you can ultimately uh, leverage later on. We, we've talked about social media and LinkedIn and, and people finding jobs off of Twitter, and the, the candidate experience has seemed to, to change. It's, it's a lot different than you know, the days of paper and pen resumes and, uh, and even paper and pen applications and dropping them off at the office. Uh, how has the candidate experience um, evolved uh, since, your, since your time in HR? The candidate experience today is very much driven by applicant tracking systems and human resource information systems. In many cases, when you apply for a job online on a corporate website, it's going to be automatically taking you to a, to a space that is the human resource information system or applicant tracking system, and it's going to ask you to fill in a whole bunch of uh, fields, upload your resume, sometimes include redundant information that's already in the resume as far as your education and experience, and at that point, in many cases, it's the applicant tracking system that is making an initial decision, which in many cases is impersonal. And you might get a, an automated email from the applicant tracking system, and no human being has really looked at it at that point, or perhaps a human being look, has looked at it uh, in a very cursory manner and is sending, uh, is sending an automated email to all of the people that don't make the cut or that do make the cut, the candidate experience has become somewhat depersonalized uh, as opposed to what you mentioned where maybe there was an in-person delivery of a resume and there, you made that initial face-to-face contact with the employer. I would say that much of the experience has become automated. Uh, and maybe one of the reasons for that is, as mentioned before, because there are so many resumes, so many applications that are put in for a given job, organizations become overwhelmed with the volume. And this is a convenient way to manage that process at the beginning. We've chosen convenience over personal touch, which can honestly you know, be to the disadvantage of a lot of job seekers. And yes, that's correct. And I believe that candidates should realize that reality, not necessarily take it personally, but just understand that that is the reality. And that's why I mentioned before 
the using of back channels to the organization that have uh, connections that you're able to leverage somebody that you know in the organization that might be able to, uh, m- to, to get the resume in front of a hiring manager. And now the job search process with it being a two-way street, uh, there are things that applicants should be doing to make the process smoother uh, for their ultimate transition into employment. But what are some things that employers should be doing uh, for the employers that are listening on the podcast what should they be doing to become a more attractive place for job seekers to apply? And what can they do to enhance the candidate experience? Joey, I would say the counter to what I just talked about, uh, and that is since the process has become very depersonalized and relying on the applicant tracking system to send an automated email, I would recommend that employers invest in human resources to reintroduce that human touch. And therefore, if you do have people that make an initial first screen to engage those candidates as they transition from an applicant, which is maybe out of a large number of applicants, as they transition to a candidate who might be the person that's ultimately hired to engage those candidates on an individual level. It could be through an email that is directed just to that candidate or a phone call that will give the candidate a status update about where he or she stands in the process. Uh, the interview process is taking a little, for example, the interview process is taking a little longer than we expected. And therefore, the first interviews are going to be completed at the end of next week. Having that human being reach out to the candidate, like I said, either through email or through a voicemail or phone call, I think that will go a long way to keep that candidate engaged. And even if a particular job opportunity does not work out for that candidate at that given time, there might be another opportunity in the future that this candidate would apply. And if that candidate has a good feeling about the employer because of the human touch that the employer has invested in, then that might make the difference between the candidate accepting an offer from that organization uh, as opposed to a different organization. Well, I hope a lot of employers are listening and taking heed to that advice because really um, it it boils down to customer service. And when you are posting a job, your applicants are essentially your customers. And so having that personal touch will definitely go a long way. Joey, I would say from what I'm reading, Joey, uh, about some of the surveys that have been done, one of the biggest challenges that employers face is having uh, kind of a negative reputation among, among candidates where employers are taking the candidate for granted and they're not necessarily paying attention to the candidate experience. And as I mentioned, if a candidate has a negative experience with an employer at a given time, then that might prevent that candidate from ever applying again to that organization. So that's, that, that's one of the things that I'm reading 
based on based on some research. Yeah, yeah, and um, I recently, uh, within the past few years, put on a webinar, and it was entitled "Would I Work Here?" Uh, three keys for developing a website that attracts top talent. And one of the things that I argue in the webinar and that I consistently argue when I work with my clients is that, you know, if if an if a candidate has a bad experience as a job applicant, then not only have you potentially lost a candidate, but you've possibly lost a customer and the influence that that potential customer has on other people. So, for example, if I am you know, applying to work at an insurance agency and that insurance agency turns me down or they don't call me back, no follow-up, you know, I might influence all of my friends to say, hey, don't, don't get, send your business to that insurance agency because they're not really you know, personable or friendly or have good customer service. And so the impacts are very, uh, very widespread, but we don't really think about that uh, as employers sometimes. We just think about, you know, I've got to manage what's on my desk, what's immediately in front of me. This candidate is either viable or isn't, and they move about their day. But if you take a little bit of time to um, improve your candidate experience, you'll also have a lot more customers. Um, And I, I think that, if you look at the brands these days that are uh, very, very attractive and that get a lot of customers and have strong branding, um, they also have a strong candidate experience. And you go on their website and they have a strong candidate experience. So employers should really, really pay attention to um, the overarching implications of having a disconnected job search process for their for their candidates. Joey, I, I would add to that uh, the following. We all know that when we're looking to go on a vacation or stay somewhere, we might go on TripAdvisor or look at customer reviews of a particular hotel or establishment. Glassdoor has reviews of employers that will include reviews of the candidate and applicant process. I've heard that some large employers are getting on the bandwagon and have staff that monitor glass door reviews to see what applicants and candidates are saying about them so that they can understand the reputation that they are exuding within the candidate and applicant community. And I think that's a very interesting development, and employers should really be aware of what applicants and candidates are saying about them, not only on Facebook, but also on places like Glassdoor.com. That's a great point. That's a great point. Uh, I was I was in Tampa recently, and while I was out with some friends, uh, I met someone who transitioned from marketing. Uh, being a marketing director to actually being a reputation manager for an employer. And uh, the bulk of her work uh, is in the space of applicants and customer brand. So, you know, just to echo your sentiment, there is a stronger focus, uh, especially for the larger brands, but there's a stronger focus on 
you know, what are we projecting not only to our customers but to our employees and prospective employees? Um, and, and sites like Glassdoor are a catalyst to that, definitely. I agree. So, so Elliot, uh, we're coming to a close in the interview, and, and you shared a lot of great advice. Uh, do you have any parting advice or anything that you want to share with our audience? I would close by saying that when we talk about the the, the uh, candidate experience, the applicant experience, one of the keys on both sides, as the applicant goes to the status of a candidate and gets an interview, either a phone screen or a formal phone interview or an in-person interview or a Skype interview, that both parties prepare for that conversation. In some situations, it's evident that the employer did not prepare for that conversation. They've not thoroughly reviewed the resume and some of the questions that are asked in that context are very often questions that they could have gleaned from a close look at the resume. And also, it's possible that the person who is doing the interview, if they are a recruiter, might not be that familiar with the job. Preparation is key on the interviewer side and also conversely on the interview, interviewee side. If a person is applying for a job and is now being interviewed, that person should take a look at the website, should look at uh, press releases, see what the organization is doing, look at the key leadership. Preparation is very important and sometimes overlooked. If a person has been applying to many, many jobs and they are given an, op an opportunity to interview, they may not invest the time. And it doesn't take a lot of time to do that. Simple preparation, as mentioned, looking at the website, take a look on LinkedIn, maybe Glassdoor, uh, if you want to see what people are saying about the company. Both, so what I'm saying in closing is both interviewers and interviewees should invest in the time because I believe that from either perspective and from both perspectives, that preparation will pay off to make themselves look positive in the eyes of the other. Great parting advice, Elliot. This has been another episode of Business Life and Coffee. And where can our listeners connect with you on social media and on the web? I'm on LinkedIn, www.linkedin.com slash in slash Elliot Lassen is the best way to get in touch with me, Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T-L-A-S-S-O-N, and I will take it uh, from there. Uh, my website, LassenTalentSolutions.com, www.LassenTalentSolutions.com, if they want to get in touch with me directly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. This has been another episode of Business, Life, and Coffee the only podcast that simulates the experience of having coffee with a mentor, industry expert, or fellow colleague. If you've enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read your comment on an upcoming show. You can find show notes, episodes, and resources for your career or business 
at businesslifeandcoffee.com. If you have a topic that you want to learn more about but don't have time to grab coffee with an expert, email us at info at businesslifeandcoffee.com and tune in for that topic on a future episode. Also, you can reach me at Twitter at JVP said. This is Joey Price signing out, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>